And now, what it really means with your hosts, Brad Shepard and Paul Harrell. It is Wednesday, December 2nd, 2020. Paul, we are on the precipice of accepting deep-rooted banana republic corruption in America last globalism with a Joe Biden presidency. It's Trump versus the world, and we are less than two weeks away from the electorates casting their votes for their respective states. What say you? Uh, you know, if this keeps going, I think we're going to have a very interesting uh, electoral college uh, election, if you will. The amount of fraud that has been detailed at these hearings in Pennsylvania, Arizona, uh, Michigan is absolutely overwhelming. And I am beginning to think, Brad, that this is more about getting the American people on the side of President Trump and fair elections now and moving forward than it really is uh, about getting the individual state legislatures to you know, actually reassign electors. Although that may happen, I hope it does. But I think over the last weeks, I think there's been a huge shift in the American people and their understanding of what happened back on November 3rd. You look at polling data, uh, Rasmussen reports, for example, and you do see that uh, 47% of people recently polled believed that Joe Biden stole the election in some way, that there was voter fraud leading to him winning the election. Oh, it absolutely is. I mean, what what do they actually think? If you look at those numbers, do you really think people are just going to start voting again? I mean, if the system is proven itself to cor as corrupt or untrustworthy, why would we continue using that system and expect different results? If you don't fix this, and my vote doesn't matter potentially, I'm staying home, whether you like it or not. And, you know, how anybody couldn't understand that is beyond me. This is something that must be addressed. It must be addressed now in a meaningful way. And, you know, I know there's a lot of people that uh, disagree with that and they are disappointed that, you know, how could you do that to us? It, it, it's but you just got to put yourself in. Well, you got to get out of the bubble. I think the people who don't understand how serious this is are in a bubble. They want things to move on. It is so tempting for some of these folks to just go back to the way things were before President Trump started changing things to a degree that stimulated all of this opposition, you know, from the deep state, from uh, the rest of the world, but not from the people. I mean, the, the the president has actually, we know with his record, been doing things that are good for the people in spite of all of the lies that the media tells, in spite of all of the propaganda that is out there. And so if you put yourselves in our shoes, in the average American shoes, who has witnessed what happened the other night, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but um, I found this posted over at Armstrong Economics, uh, written earlier by Wayne, uh, Wayne Allen Root. Uh, and he writes just as a, as a Vegas odds maker, as a Vegas, Las Vegas legend and sports gaming expert, um, what actually happened on November 3rd and how Trump actually went from a two to one underdog um, then when the polls closed, he went uh, to three to one, four to one, five to one, six to one, seven to one, all the way up to eight to one 
until Fox News called Arizona for Biden. And then everything flipped. And he compares this to essentially the uh, New York Giants and Philadelphia Eagles 1978 game. The Giants quarterback handed the ball off. The running back didn't want it. It fell on the ground. Herm Edwards of the Eagles picked it up and ran it into the end zone with seconds left for a last-second victory. He writes, every better in the world knew that game was fixed. It doesn't matter if you can prove it. We all know. And he says the exact same thing happened when it comes to this election. Uh, I think the difference is we have evidence. We, we now have, Brad, r- reports out there uh, that they have the receipts of these votes going overseas, which I think calls into an entirely, really an entirely new topic when it comes to national security. So let's just say this. Our national security is at stake, and we have people that want us to get excited about a Georgia Senate election, a runoff election in January. There are much larger issues and much larger stakes involved here. A lot of it, to your point, I completely agree. It's these D.C. insiders. It's people in that Washington political bubble, you know, who are on TV or in politics for a living, you know, et cetera. They're they're really, whatever party they're a part of, they're not in touch with the everyday voter. We talked about the um, issues in the swing states, Pennsylvania, Arizona, Michigan, for example. They were now scheduled to hold and some have public hearings on the election where they can actually discuss the evidence, and they have. And if you look at this evidence and you don't think there's a problem, then you are part of the problem. Uh, Absolutely. Um, Here is a clip about ballots being shipped from New York to Pennsylvania. This evidence demonstrates, and it's through eyewitness testimony that's been corroborated by others through their eyewitness statements, that 130,000 to 280,000 completed ballots for the 2020 general election were shipped from Bethpage, New York, to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, where those ballots and the trailer in which they were shipped disappeared. Brad, this is, like you said, you're the problem if you don't want to acknowledge acknowledge the evidence here. Obviously, the mainstream media, they're in the tank for communist China. They don't want to acknowledge this uh, at all. You're hearing it uh on this podcast, what it really means. And you need to support independent media. Please support independent media any chance you get. I'm trying to get into the mind, though, Brad, of of the left here. And, and I know I always come back to the media. They do make me really, really upset. And I was thinking, you know, if it wasn't for them lying about Russia and the fact that uh, – you know, they put out this phony story that Donald Trump won and beat all the odds. So it had to be the Russians that helped him do it. This is because there's so many people out there on the left that believe that they must assume that this is what we did when, you know, the last four years that we went through life just accepting and ignoring that Donald Trump used Russia to cheat. We just, we just kind of pushed it all down, didn't ask any questions because our guy won. And now they, 
feel justified because the media lied to them in doing the same thing. Now, that's not everybody. Some of them are just, they know exactly what's going on. But it did kind of dawn on me, like, they probably assume they're just behaving the way the media told them that we were behaving by not ignoring the evidence. There's just one problem. I don't ever remember countless uh, uh, affidavits. I don't ever remember uh, all of these uh, hearings where witness after witness after witness stood up and detailed how President Donald Trump used Russia to, uh, you know, help him win the election. I don't remember any of that because it didn't happen. Okay. It never happened, but we do have this evidence here. And once again, the media is demonstrating themselves as the enemy of the American people. And by the way, the person that coined that phrase, I want to remind you is a former Democrat pollster, the late Pat Cadell. There are people that could see this coming a long time for a long time, a long ways away. And there's going to have to be a giant, you know, the, the left talks about the great reset. I think we're going to get a great reset, Brad, but it's not going to be the one the left wants. I really do think the good guys are going to win this one because our backs are up against the wall and we have no choice. This is either we have the America where we have free and fair elections now and moving forward, or we lose it for generations. Dominion voting machines. The server was connected to the Internet the day of the election. Now we know Ron, uh, known as at CodeMonkeyZ on Twitter, who's been very involved in the data analytics piece of the post-election legal dispute. They were actually monitoring in Georgia and had video footage of a Dominion representative at Gwinnett County Election Central. We find out that China, our biggest enemy, who has complete control of Joe Biden, paid $400 million to own Dominion Voting. Um, it sounds like just this past October. I mean, this is next-level foreign interference in our elections. This is the Russia allegation, but it's China, and it's real this time, and nobody in the Democrat Party seems to care. Yeah, James Bond villains are real. And these, you know, giant specter conspiracies, I mean, I know it's in the movie, but it appears to be real. That, that's, that, that's how serious this is. I mean, that's kind of what you have to believe in order for the allegations that uh, with the Dominion software and Smartmatic, that's what you have to believe in order for this to have happened on U.S. soil. And of course, we're finding out that it didn't happen on U.S. soil. You know, it happened in Germany and elsewhere. But I, I loved how on Twitter over the last week, you had the old CNN report. I don't know if it was from the early 2000s or even as back as far as the 90s. Um, I, I can't remember. Maybe it was the early 2000s, but they were going over Hugo Chavez and how he lost or how he was losing and the Smartmatic software allowed him to win, allowed him to cheat and win. This was a report by CNN years ago when they didn't hate you know one man so much they're willing to throw away what little integrity they had left. So this idea that it is you know uh, just wild and crazy 
uh, is doesn't the facts don't bear it out. You have to follow where the facts are leading here. And I know there's a ton of people out there on cable news who who, you know, they think they're the arbiters of truth. They're the arbiters of they'll follow the facts and they'll tell you. And some of them do an okay job sometimes. But I feel like, Brad, these facts are too um <laughs> it, it's it, they're just they're afraid of them. They they are afraid of the truth because you can't help if if they're true, then it really just opens the door to a massive conspiracy. And that's what this is, a massive conspiracy. It really puts into context everything that folks have been saying about the deep state, but much, much worse, that there are people who have been serving in governments across the world for years that don't care at all about their citizens or their country. They have some sort of higher allegiance to, you know, a, a, a cabal or whatever, but there's there's clearly something else going on behind the scenes, somebody else pulling the strings. And we're seeing that play out, and we're seeing the media want to cover it up and not talk about it. I mean, there, there's a, and I, I don't want to ramble here, but, you know, now if you mentioned the word or the name George Soros back last year, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you were labeled an anti-Semite. I found that I found that so rich and uh, just hilarious. You know, forever you could talk about George Soros online, but uh, and you could try to expose him, and you know, people might ignore you here or there. But I mean, nobody called you an anti-Semite until 2020, and now you're an anti-Semite if you mention that George Soros is funding a lot of this stuff. Maybe he is the guy with his, you know, finger on the button in the James Bond movie, you know, dunking people in tanks with sharks and piranhas, Brad. It is next level upside down clown world. And we have all of this evidence of voter fraud. And in a lot of that also includes, by the way, data analytics, looking at statistical anomalies, statistical impossibilities. And Matt Brainerd, if you're not following him, at Matt Brainerd on Twitter, he's the former data chief and strategist for Trump for President and the executive director of Look Ahead America. He's presented a lot of evidence at these open hearings in these different states. The data, when you comb through it, makes it very obvious. Uh, And I, I think that's what, in a way, is so troubling about all of this is because it really is so transparent in the data. This was a stolen election. If you are willing to accept this, then you are willing to accept a third world banana republic. Yeah, and I have to also say it is kind of taxing. And and I mean, I know I'm feeling it because I, you know, I look around the, the web for stories and I do read the mainstream media to see what they're saying. And even in doing that, even knowing that they're liars, it's kind of mentally exhausting because they're not, they're in a completely different world than I am, you know? And it makes me sometimes think that I'm the crazy one, that we're the, we're the, uh, we're the ones that are wrong because how could they be so far from the truth? If this is the truth, I believe, how could they be so like, not even close, you know? Um, and that's obviously called gaslighting, but there's a lot of it going on. And so for those of you out there, I hope that listening, I hope that this podcast, what it really means is a little bit of an encouragement to you and that 
you know, we all know what, what happened. They cheated. They have been caught cheating. Just because the mainstream media won't report it doesn't mean that they haven't been caught. They have been caught. Um, they're, you know, this is playing out in the courts. This is also playing out, I think, at this point from a full-blown national security perspective. And I don't know what happens with that. I, I don't I know there's a long time between now and you know the middle of December. And I know there's an even longer time between then and January 20th. So we may have a lot more. And you know, I don't know if you saw the James O'Keefe leaks, uh, Brad, but one of the ones I saw. Uh, where he had, uh, you know, he'd been recording these CNN conference call daily meetings for a while, and they had this this one uh, this one gal on there who was saying, "Do not focus on the fact we are hearing that we should not focus on the fact that Trump won't leave the White House." I found that phrasing interesting, meaning don't promote this, don't start freaking out. Remember what I said, Brad? I said that when you start to see people saying Trump's trying to steal the election, that's a good sign. Yeah. And I think they even know their own panicky, biased behavior. I think they even know it. They're trying to compensate for it. They're telling people, don't cover that Trump won't leave the White House. Let's just keep focusing on the transition and this bogus office of the president-elect. I think they know what's going on. This is a color revolution. This is a coup. And they've picked their side. And the American people have picked theirs. And, and again, I think the good guys are going to win this. These hearings are taking place. A lot of people are watching them. And, you know, you're hearing in some cases from the audience, you know, audible gasps at the lopsidedness, at the statistical improbabilities. And so that's a good thing because I, I think we are, you know, this may wind up in the Supreme Court. It may come to a situation where, a lot of people want to know, you know, what's the game plan here? I, I don't really know. I, I think there, you know, even CNN went through Fareed Zakaria, went through a scenario, I think, earlier before the election where Joe Biden doesn't get 270, neither does Trump. And then it goes to the House, but not the current makeup. Each state would get one vote and then Donald Trump would win. That may be what ends up happening. You know, that may and getting the American people on the same page as to why something that um, historic would happen is the smart thing to do. So I know a lot of people like to write the, the Trump campaign off. They like to, they like to think that he's unorganized. They like to think that there, you know, he's no clue what's going on that when you do that, you are, that's, that's his biggest strength is when people write him off and they don't take what he's doing seriously. These hearings are important and what the courts are going to do is important. Joe Biden won 17% of the counties in the U.S. Donald Trump won 83% of the counties in the U.S. Uh, of the top 58 bellwether counties since 2000, Trump won 51 by an average of 15 points. Biden won 7 by an average of 4 points. So 51 out of 58 were won by Trump by double digits. Biden won the remaining seven by an average of only four points. Of 19 best predictors for 40 years, Trump won 18 of those predictors. So again, talking about data, it doesn't add up. Yeah, and, um, you know, I, I don't know what the remedy is going to look like, as I said earlier, but something, again, must be done 
because I mean, the American people are going to figure out how to survive the coming collapse or whatever you want to call it if this is not fixed. And, and that's I, I I wake up every morning thinking that honestly, look, if this is not fixed, we don't have a country anymore. The president always talked about it. you know if you don't have borders, you don't have a country. If we don't have free and fair elections, we don't have a country. So. And, and and they'll be able to do whatever they want, Brad. Um, whether I, I honestly think whether they get the Senate or not at this point, because um, they'll figure out a way to change the rules at the state level, like they've already done uh, illegally, in my opinion. And you've got all this money from Dominion and uh, allegedly Chinese money as well. We'll never be able to win an election again if this isn't fixed now. Because they've already gone so far, and if they get away with what they've done so far, they'll go even further the next time. The stakes could not be higher. Over 300,000 ineligible voters, including felons and illegals, voted in Arizona. Linda Brickman says while observing with her Democrat partner, she witnessed Trump ballots being counted in the screen on machine as Biden votes. A witness says Trump ballots were altered by hand, also to include a name in the write-in spot, making them an overvote ballot and invalidating it altogether. It literally goes on and on and on. And all of this is publicly available. Um, And again, we can't cover all of it. There's so much going on. As we talked about last week, there's so many things we're leaving out right now that, you know, just continue to come up and patriots continue to come forward. And hopefully those involved in illegal activity will. And I do want to talk a little bit about these governors and just briefly mention them. What in the world are they thinking with with Brian Kemp in Georgia and and these uh, and, and what is his name? Ducey in Arizona. What are they thinking? I mean, they are the ones that are ignoring this evidence as well to to a, a degree that is so damaging. And the only thing I can the only conclusion I can come to is they really think nothing is going to happen. What's done is done and they can just certify this these elections and everything's going to be fine, and and they will face no consequences whatsoever because they never have faced consequences. And the, the question has to be asked here, did it ever help Republicans? And if the answer is yes, it did help Republicans, then I don't know, circumstantially, that may explain why we're seeing what we're seeing from the state level uh, and the gubernatorial level. I would point to this Keith Olbermann clip that I'm going to play. And if you think there's no consequences for being a Republican in a Trump administration, in a Trump era, you better think again. God damn it. When the policy differences are between maintaining American democracy and substituting racist one-party rule, you're goddamned right that we want to criminalize policy differences that might exist between the outgoing administration and the administration that is about to take over. We not only want that when it comes to an outgoing administration which is criminally guilty of trying to privatize the government, which is criminally negligent in the deaths of 250,000 Americans so far, and which is criminally liable for the current attempted coup, we also want as many members as possible of this corrupt, immoral, anti-democratic outgoing administration indicted, arrested, tried, and imprisoned. We want enough of them in there that they can hold reunions and birthday parties. We want the prisons so filled with Trumps 
and Trump flunkies and Trump apologists and Trump enablers that we have to convert Trump buildings into new goddamned Trump prisons. I feel sorry for that, man. I really I genuinely do. Yeah, this is really scary language. And that's why <laughs> you have to play by their rules. These are the rules that they're setting. There's no room for two parties uh, with that kind of rhetoric. I mean, he just said, let's criminalize policy differences. That's what he said. He wants people in jail for policy differences. And again, it's because, I mean, Keith Olbermann, good grief. I mean, he's he's certainly embraced what we have suspected out of the younger leftists, which is they approach every argument with the right as if they are morally superior. Therefore, they don't have to listen to your arguments. And they, at this point now, can put you, put, put you in jail. Uh, and this is what I've been fearing for a long time, Brad, just thinking 10 steps ahead. Um that they this does end with just confining your opponents instead of trying to debate them and they they hate us they they absolutely hate us you know they hate us as people i i i know people who are leftists okay i don't hate them i mean i personally know them i don't hate them i hate their ideas because i know what they mean for my kids you know i know what they mean for my uh posterity and for, uh, you know, the, the people around us, but, uh, I mean, making it personal, I, I would much rather try to win them, you know, with an argument and defeat them at the ballot box, but not put them in jail if they're not breaking any laws on the books. Um, let's talk about Bill Barr, who is in the news now with the special counsel, um, you know, Durham being appointed a special counsel, I, you know, is a long time coming. We've been waiting on Durham for a long time. Th this does serve to preserve this special counsel, even if Biden were to become president, which, again, I'm, I'm not sure if that's not a misdirect. You know, you could interpret this as a way of president saying, you know, I'm preparing for. I'm preparing to not be, you know, in the White House. But because it happened in October, that was before the election took place. I think this is, you know, what happened to this president, like he said many times before, can never be allowed to happen to another president again. My question is, and I saw Larry Schweikert tweeting about this, and he was wondering if Durham in his special counsel role, an investigative role, is it going to be just limited to Russia at this point and what started the Russia probe? And could there be anything in there that allows him to pursue? And I know this sounds nuts, but the situation that we're going on right now with the election concerning other foreign governments. And I, I don't know if that uh, I haven't really got an answer to that. I just saw some people out there speculating um, that, you know, obviously it would be hindsight because he was appointed before any of this took place. Um, but I, you know, I don't know if, if Biden's president, I don't think any of it matters. That's the thing is that if, if Joe Biden becomes president, I don't think Durham being a special counsel is going to matter at all. Um, that's just my two cents. I think yeah, really I the only thing we're, the only thing we're missing here, Brad is, a, is a Trump second term with a Durham as special counsel. That would really be something, you know, Joe Biden being sworn in, uh, would be coming in as president under investigation, <laughs> right? Uh, literally. So, um, man, you know, this would be 
similar in some ways to what happened to Donald Trump. <laughs> That's true. It would be much deserved. Uh, I want to talk about the CNN situation with James O'Keefe and Project Veritas. You touched on it earlier. I want to play the initial clip. Hey, Jeff Zucker, are you there? Hey, this is James O'Keefe. Uh, we've been listening to your CNN calls for basically two months, uh, recording everything. Um, just wanted to ask you some questions, if you have a minute. Um, do you still feel you're the most trusted name in news? Because I have to say, from what I've been hearing on these phone calls, I don't know about that. I mean, we've got a lot of recordings <laughs> that indicate you're not really that uh, independent of a, of a journalist. Okay. Um, thank you for uh, thank you for uh, your comments. Um, so, everybody, in light of that, I think what we'll do is we'll we'll set up a, a, a new system and we'll uh, we'll be back with you. We'll do the rest of the call uh, a little bit later. We're going to release those recordings today at 7 o'clock. So stay tuned. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun. Thanks, everybody. Have a good day. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. That was fantastic. It was like, yeah. you know, do you still believe you're the trusted name in news? Because I got to say, I've been, <laughs> that was just fantastic. <laughs> and then he thanks him, you know, like Jeff, he, he literally says, well, thank you for your comments. <laughs> Great. There's a lot of really nasty stuff here. It's clear they were always performing the news. We talked about this last week. In another clip, they said Donald Trump is acting erratically. I think we need to lean into that. If we've made any mistake, it's been our banners have been too polite. Wow. I mean, imagine actually thinking the issue is that you've been too polite to Donald Trump on CNN. It's, it's. I would encourage folks to think about the 9-11 commission report and the lack of transition when talking about Trump not conceding and Jeff Zucker equating that to um, letting the transition go through to what happened when America was attacked on 9-11. I mean, this is really disgusting but fascinating stuff. And, um, you know, CNN has been exposed yet again. It's the blind leading the blind over there. I mean, that's the only explanation if they think their headlines have been too polite. I mean, they really, they don't have eyes to see, Brad. They don't. Anytime we can own the libs and anytime we can own CNN, it is always worth it. It's always a good laugh uh, because they are the enemy of the people along with the rest of the corporate media. And, you know, I have to say, I really do believe at this point that people aren't harsh enough on the corporate media. You're here. I mean, yeah. I, I, you know me. I totally agree with that. Yeah. And I, I think some people don't. But at the end of the day, you have to understand who they are, what they represent, and what they're doing, and what they're responsible for. And you have to treat them as such. So, yeah. Any of the people, always glad to be able to own CNN. And I'm looking forward to these audio clips being released. By the way, in response, CNN was threatening to, well, they actually did call the police, but threatening, you know, that this could be a felony, we're told. So they were threatening to have him uh, arrested. It's, it's not a felony, to my knowledge, by the way, but, you know, it, it's kind of ironic that CNN, of all places, who leaked the Melania Trump Christmas tape, you know, mm-hmm. that was no problem. But when the shoe's on the other foot, 
um, oh, oh man, this this could be a felony. Uh, you know, <laughs> this is no good. Why are you doing this? It, it's really it's it's a fascinating exercise in hypocrisy. And uh, again, it's always good to see CNN get owned. Yeah, they're trying. They got to make themselves the victims. You know, they got to make him do. Well, he did something illegal, so we're the victims because <laughs> because they got to have some excuse for what's about to come out, which is going to be very embarrassing. One final thing that got my attention, I'd like to talk about this week, was three Democrat senators introducing a bill to give away 32 million acres of land to black farmers. Yeah, you heard that correctly. Free land for black farmers only. Huh. <laughs> I don't know. Wasn't it a uh, wasn't it a conspiracy to believe in uh, what was going on in South Africa? Allegedly, <laughs> wasn't that a conspiracy? Oh, you're crazy. Huh. I don't know. It's just South Africa pops into my mind when when I when I when I hear this. You know what I mean? I mean, just just the the, the same types of uh, rhetoric and tactics, and uh, well, I mean, it's just blatant racism from the left, isn't it? I mean, this is a, I guess, a form they would say of reparations, but it's it's really discrimination, and uh, that's what the left is now. They uh, they claim to be anti-racist, and yet they want to advance racist policies. And Brad, we know that if this is the future, uh, a hate speech. A hate speech bill is on the way as well, and they will start to criminalize certain words in the English language yes. as well. That's only a matter of time when they're doing stuff like this. Absolutely. You just look at the UK for that. Uh, that's the lead. And, um, you know, this is this bill is not just placating, but it's insulting. And I'm obviously not a black farmer, but to give someone something for free that they didn't earn and say, here you go, because your skin is a different color. We're going to give this to you. In other words, the assumption is you can't earn it yourself. You're not good enough. And I find that to be extremely insulting to people. And, it, and this is the kind of divisive policy that, we would see in the Obama administration, and by the way, that we would see in a Joe Biden administration. Yeah, and you know, if this was a Republican idea, the um, Democrats would be jealous. They would call the Republicans racist for suggesting that black people belong back in the fields. Uh, I'm I'm just being real here. Like that's that's what they would do if this if this came from they they are obsessed with race they would make any point they could to try to make the other side racist and uh you know in this case they're wanting to they're wanting to discriminate against all other americans and just like you said give people land based on the color of their skin president trump the accomplishments he had for the minority community and in particular black unemployment and the funding extended for historically black colleges and universities. Yes. The criminal justice reform bill, uh, which uh, people like Nancy Pelosi just totally shrugged off instead of celebrating that. So it's not even about doing something they feel is right for minorities. It's about minimizing something that the other party did for minorities because they don't want them to celebrate that win.
It's mm-hmm. all political. It's all disingenuous. And they're not actually looking to help the minority community, I think, in, in many instances. Can you imagine how good it's going to get for minority communities over the next four years if the Trump campaign successfully exposes all this voter fraud and uh, Donald Trump gets a second term? Again, I don't know exactly how it's going to happen, but I'm just saying you, you want to talk prosperity. If Donald Trump gets a second term, you're looking at a lot of prosperity and opportunity, not just for minorities, but for everybody. Indeed. Well, that's all the time we have this week. We've got a lot of support. We appreciate that. Please rate our podcast five stars and share it with your family and friends. Follow Paul on Twitter and Parlor at Paul Harrell 1776. He's also the founder of ArkansasLedger.com, an Arkansas political news and analysis website. I won't make Arkansas jokes this time, Paul. You have my word. <laughs> I I got Uh, thick skin. Go ahead. I don't care. (laughs) Write some for next time. (laughs) But you can follow me on Twitter at the Brad Shepard and on Parlor at Brad Shepard. Support independent journalism by following my work at UncoverDC.com and subscribe to my free politics, media, and culture newsletter, Shepherding the Truth, at BradShepard.substack.com. Paul, is there anything else you'd like to say in closing? Be optimistic. Don't let the mainstream media gaslight you. The data's there. The facts are there. The testimony's there. I really think it's only a matter of time. 